my job on this expedition to try and find any evidence, dead or alive, the existence of this. Hi, Taryn. Hi, Heather. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Just all right. There are some weird things happening in my house this week. Like what? <laughs> I'm kind of excited. <laughs> well, number one, my youngest daughter, Ashlyn, was upstairs playing on Ryland's PlayStation. She was the only one upstairs. She was by herself. She now will not be the only one upstairs by herself. She's she's scared now because while she was playing video games, she kept hearing what sounded like someone whispering hmm. up there. So, you know, me being mom, I'm like, oh, babe, it was probably just the wind. You know, the window's right there. And yeah. She kept going, it's not the wind. The wind was blowing pretty hard this last week. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm attributing that to wind. That's fine. Blue, you know, when he comes up, our dog, Blue, when he comes upstairs into my bedroom, he keeps barking at something towards our bed. Hmm. Not quite sure what. The only thing I'm thinking is we, <laughs> Tyler found this little dream catcher while he was cleaning in there. Yeah. And he kind of hung it above our bed. No, that could be getting him. You know, it's something weird. It's something different. He's not used to it. Does it have the feathers that move? Yeah. So, I don't know, I'm, I'm okay, so that's that's one thing. Well, Blue's kind of special. Yeah, a little bit. Ryland's tablet keeps turning on randomly when no one is around it or touching it. Hmm. It just turns on. And I don't know why. Have you witnessed it? Yes. Several, several times. It's creepy. Hmm. Like, all the kids were in bed. I was downstairs. I was watching TV and in the other room, because this tablet was on the floor in the other room, and I would hear the did a ding of it turning on. Not that noise. It's different. <laughs> Great time. <laughs> it was. <laughs> so that's weird. Also, the other night, I was laying in bed trying to go to sleep. Did something grab your toes? No. Gosh, no. <laughs> no. But I was laying in bed, and I'm, I'm watching Friends, because I like to watch Friends before I go to sleep. Happy thoughts. Yeah, you know, good things. But I heard something that sounded like it was under my bed. But that's not possible. You have a storage bed, right? Yeah. It, so so it sounded like a phone ringing. Not like ringing, but like a text tone or something. Hmm. But it was not anything that I've ever had on my phone, so I don't know what in the world it was. Interesting. I did not get up to look. You didn't want to go investigate? No, nope, I just laid back. I'm like, if something's going to get me, they're going to get me. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> See, so that's where we're a little different. I would have got up and like, okay, what was that? <laughs> no, I was too tired. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So, you know, that's cool. Has it happened again? No. Only the one time. So, I don't know. Weird things. Tyler seems to think that 
because of our podcast and the things that we talk about, we are inviting things into our house. See, I don't think that's how it works. It can, actually. I'm sure it can. But I'm, most of the time, I think for you to be haunted, you have to be an area, in my opinion, you have to go to an area that is already haunted. Or you bring something home that a spirit has attached themselves to. And then they can, you know, go rampant through your house because you brought that item I don't know. I just, I know, like, say with demons, the more you talk about them, the more they're going to show up. Yeah, but we don't really talk about demons that much. We've been talking about ghosts and other things. What? And that's the funny thing, is we've really only talked about ghosts in one of our episodes. Yeah. The rest of them haven't just been other weird things. I think there's been about two. No. Our introduction, we talked about ghosts a little bit. Oh, that's true. In Virginia City, we talked about ghosts. That's true. I, I feel like there might have been one other, but I'm not. I'm not sure. Maybe no, it was just Virginia two. City in our intro because the Devil's Hollow was just folklore. Yeah, and it could then, have been ghost stories, but it didn't turn out to be ghost stories. Yeah, and then obviously last episode was Bigfoot. Then we did the one on reincarnation, and yeah, so there's nothing. We haven't done anything yet to invite anything into your house. No, I don't think so. So that's why it's like, but we haven't really talked about anything like that. I feel like it'd have to be more than just talking. I, th- I feel like you'd have to have some kind of, like, something else to help get their attention and bring them in besides just talking about it. Yeah. I don't know. So, that was my week. It could very possible, very possible, because, you know, hypothetically, let's say they don't have to attach themselves to something, and they just kind of, like, follow something around. What if someone at your work, like, a, someone came into your work and had a ghost visitor with them who then saw you or heard something from you or was hanging and then left like they left and the, the ghost kind of stayed in the lobby and then saw you i'm like ooh, who's that and now they're hanging out in your house because it's full of fun stuff i mean whatever to each his own i guess it's not that cool here but okay oh my son gets a kick out of it <laughs> hey That's buddy true. what are you doing today i don't know do you want to go over to heather's uh-huh <laughs> oh that's that's awesome but it's that's not heather good. it's heather Oh, that's even sweeter. I love it when little kids say my name. It always ends up different. All right, well, since we are the Fort Weird podcast, I have a weird random fact for you. Okay. Just a weird, just, you know, just something weird. Did you know that the longest time between two twins being born was 87 days? I did not know that. Weird, right? Technically, then they're not twins. They still are twins. They shared an egg. Not necessarily, because you can have two eggs and two sperms. Um. Unless they were identical. If they're identical, then they share an egg and share a sperm when it's split. But if they're not identical, it's fraternal. It means you've got two eggs and two sperms. Either way, I think it's weird, because technically they were twins. Technically, they started off as twins, but they have two completely separate birthdays and, like, 87 days apart? Is that what you said? 87, yep. Yeah. That's like more than a month. Yes, it is. It's a lot more than a month. So they're not twins. I'm sorry, you're not twins. Well, this says they're twins. We're going to call you Irish twins. That's not right. I know. (laughs) I did have a a couple friends. I had several twin friends growing up. Mm -hmm. And one was born at 1130-something at night. And his brother 
was born at like twelve oh five. Oh, that's perfect. They have so their they own had birthdays. separate days. That's perfect, though. But they were like within a half an hour of each other or that's something like still, that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. All right. Well, if we want to invoke some demons, let's do it. We're in your house. Around my house. I'll send them to your house, too. Please don't. You're right next door. (laughs) We're going to talk about the Gary Demon House. I have no clue what the Gary Demon House is. Oh, wonderful. You know Gary, Indiana. I've heard a lot about Gary, Indiana. Most of it having to revolve around my work. And the people that I've dealt with from Gary, Indiana are, we're just going to say special. They are very special. Gary is like a suburb of Chicago, except in Indiana. Yeah. You know, Chicago's in Illinois. Gary's in Indiana. It's the Chicago of Indiana, except small. <laughs> and not city-like for my No, it's a big, it's a city. Oh, I, I don't know. The people I've dealt with from there, it's like, oh, you're, you're from so-and-so? No, I'm not from there. I'm from over here. <laughs> Clarify that you're not from Gary. Yeah, no, Gary is a, it's a city, and but it is an offshoot of Chicago. Like, you go through Gary, and then, hey, you're in Chicago. So, it's extremely close to Chicago. Gary is very run down. Like, if you Google Gary, Indiana, and you look at, like, street views and stuff like that, you're going to see a lot of abandoned buildings, a lot of abandoned houses. It's just, it's run down and kind of creepy anyways. There's a Gary, Indiana song. I'm sure there is. Did you know Michael Jackson's from Gary, Indiana? That explains a lot. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Sometimes comments just come out. No, I did not know that he is from Gary, Indiana. Yes, Michael Jackson's from Gary, Indiana. was born there. But we are actually not too long ago. We're in 2011. So in November of 2011, LaToya Amons with her mother, Rosa Campbell, and LaToya's three children moved into a house. It's uh, 3860 Carolina Street in Gary, Indiana. Now, we don't know the kids' names, you know, to protect their identities since they're all under 18. But the um, the oldest was 12 years old, was a girl. Then a boy that was nine-year-old and a boy that was a seven-year-old okay. at the time of this happening. It was a small home, three bedrooms, one bathroom. It was one story, had a basement uh, that you could access from the kitchen. A screened-in porch was built in 1927. It was about 850 square feet. It's not bad. It's less than half of my house right now. Yeah, but if you're looking at where it was located in a suburb of Chicago in Indiana for, you said a single mom with three kids? Yep. It's not bad. No, not too bad. Now, they were renting the home. Still. Yeah, so, you know, rent in that area, I looked it up, rent in that area was around $500 a month. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually cheaper than my first apartment, which was probably smaller than the house. Well, apartments are expensive, depending <laughs> on if you want an apartment in a good part of town and with the stuff that you need. Yeah. The nicer the apartment, the more expensive it's going to be. 
Yeah. Well, that's true. So it's a small, very modest home, but they got three bedrooms in there. And, you know, it was a nice little place for them at the time. They were excited to move in. Well, they were living in the house not for very long. In December of 2011, they started getting hordes of black, the black flies in their screened-in porch. Yeah. Hordes of them. In December. That's nasty. And no matter how many they killed, they just kept coming back. Now, every other podcast that I listen to about the Gary Demon House mentions this with the black flies. And obviously it would be very impossible for a fly to be living in that cold of weather. So you think that's weird, right? A little bit, yeah. We live in Indiana. And my experience with Indiana winter weather is it doesn't start getting super cold until January, February. December's not that bad. I think I took my son to the park and it was 50 degrees this December. Yeah, December's are never that bad. Now, I know all the kids always hope and pray for the snow on Christmas, but most of the time we don't get it. I've been in Indiana for going on five, it'll be six, five, six years now. Yeah. I think I've had one white Christmas. I mean, I've had several, but I've been living here a lot longer than you. You've got some time on me, Heather. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the one thing that most other podcasters just don't realize. If you don't live here, you don't live in the state, you don't know that December's not that cold here. December's kind of like the late version of fall. Yeah, it really is. Like winter hasn't really set in yet. It's still, it's still got fall weather going on. Just so, anywhere from what I'd say twenty nine degrees to fifty. Yeah, take yeah. range. Yeah, right around there. Yep. So I looked up what a what how cold does it have to be for a fly to die? So at sixty degrees, a fly's lifespan shortens drastically, but it can still live. Okay. Now, when it reaches below fifty three degrees. That's where the flies die. 53 degrees. So I need to move to a state where it's 52 degrees year round. I wouldn't do that, though. (laughs) I just don't like flies. I mean, they're flies. It's whatever. You get one of those fly, the the electric fly swatters that I have. They're just fun. That's because they like. Yeah. (laughs) Watch the dead thing go down. Yep. I also. Got on to see what the weather was like in Gary, Indiana in December of 2011. Because you can do that. You can actually look up what the weather was like historically. Which I think is pretty cool, I guess, if you really like weather. No, there's people out there. Yeah, there are. There was this one girl I knew who, that was her favorite thing to do, was watch the Weather Channel. I'm like, you're like a 60-year-old man. (laughs) I had a friend for a while that... Every week, he would post the weekly weather update on Facebook. Just enjoyed weather? He did. He really enjoyed the weather. He watched it. He'd follow it. When we were all hanging out, either as kids or as friends older, um, hey, don't do something on Friday. It's supposed to storm. All right. Thanks. Okay. I'll bring a rain jacket. Did he become a weatherman? I, he kind of just dropped off, and I oh. haven't heard or seen from him i don't know what happened i think he should have became a weatherman maybe he did i don't know that'd be cool but all right well okay so tangent over 
<laughs> Gary, Indiana, December 2011. There were only two days where I think it was possible for flies to be living. It was December 14th and the 15th, so consecutive days. The 14th, it was 55 degrees, and the 15th was 57 degrees. Okay. So very possible, yes, the flies could be living in that weather. For two days. For the two days. The rest of the month, the average temperature was around 40 degrees. Okay. So too cold for flies. Still too cold for flies. But then you got to think, these flies were in an enclosed porch. Screened, though. No, it was an enclosed porch. Like, if you look at pictures, it is enclosed there. I mean, obviously, the porch is not heated, but it is enclosed and it had windows. It takes away your wind chill and the sun will heat up the room. Yes. It is possible that flies could have been living there without dying because it didn't get that cold. Yeah, but for the entire area to be swarmed like you were talking about. Now, I'm, I'm, when you say swarmed, I'm thinking like walls plastered black from flies. I mean, that's what I think, too. But it doesn't specify how many flies. It just said a lot, basically. Okay. Like a pig farm a lot or? I don't know. It didn't specify. <laughs> You know you're going to get these, like, detailed <laughs> questions from me. I know, but I looked at several different things, and it didn't specify how many flies or for how long the flies were even there. Okay. So that's why I'm like, I don't know how long the flies were actually there. It could have been a couple days. It could have been weeks. It could have been the whole month. I don't know. It right. just said December. So weird flies in an enclosed area in December. What else happened with this so-called demon house? <laughs> Lots of stuff. On occasion, after midnight... Latoya and Rosa, the mother-daughter, would hear footsteps come climbing the stairs in the basement and the creak of the door opening from the basement to the kitchen. Hmm. Finally, they started locking that door, but the noises continued. And in the morning, they would always find that door open. Hmm. It's when you get a nail gun out and you nail it shut. I had some questions about that part of it as well. Okay. I can understand if it's a deadbolt, how that would be very strange. How How is the door going to be opening? But if it's like most houses, if you have an inside door, it's not going to have a deadbolt. It's going to have just the lock on the handle. Yeah. Is it possible through, you know, the cold temperatures and maybe moisture and the house settling... Where even if the handle part is locked, could the door come out of the door frame because of the shifting and moving of things? I think that would have to be a lot for it to be, like, so that the lock doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But then you wouldn't be able to close the door at all. That's true. Because it wouldn't stay shut no matter what. Okay. Because you, So for your, if it shifted to where the lock wouldn't do anything, mm-hmm. well, the little piece that holds it in the door wouldn't do anything either. And you couldn't have the door closed all the way. Yeah. It would just kind of open and close. That's true. Okay. But how does she know that one of her other kids did go into the kitchen and open it up and go downstairs to do something real quick and come back up? I wouldn't go down to that basement. Some kids are weird. It was one of those, you can find videos of it on YouTube and stuff like that. And it is a very small, dank, dark, dark space. And the floor is, it's a dirt floor basement. So did they ever see footprints anywhere? I'm not sure. 
Maybe. I haven't gotten there yet. Okay. All right. Maybe. Door would keep opening. Weird. All right. Rosa, which is the, the grandmother, Latoya's mother, woke up one night to a shadowy figure pacing back and forth in the living room. Well, this lady, she doesn't, she doesn't take anything from anybody. So she got out to go investigate that crap. She got out to the living room. There was no one there. But what she found was big, wet boot prints all along the hardwood floor in the living room. So that's, that's a little weird. Well, like, creepy and I'd be checking my doors and my windows. Yeah, I'd be more afraid of someone, like, breaking in at that point. Which is possible. Maybe they were afraid people were breaking in. I don't know. They didn't say that. There was a death in the family. Not in the family that was living there, just, you know, in the family in general. March 10th, 2012, they invited a lot of people over, friends and family. They were in mourning, uh, but they invited people over to hang out so they could all just be together. They were going to spend the night and things. Latoya's 12-year-old daughter invited one of her friends to come over for a sleepover. Makes sense. Around 2 a.m., Latoya just happened to be up and went in to check on the girls. As mothers do. Something scared her, though, and she started yelling, Mom, Mom, come here. So Rosa gets up, goes over there, and what these two women see is her 12-year-old daughter levitating above the bed, still asleep. Creepy. Yeah, so... So where was the friend? Still in the room with the levitating girl. Yeah, so a, they, so a bunch of people came into the room. They surrounded her, and they all started praying. A very religious family, so they started praying. And eventually, she floated back down to the bed and then woke up. And she said she has no memory of that happening, yeah. which in my mind is, well, no, duh. How much do you remember in waking life when you're asleep? You don't. <laughs> exactly. Like, unless, I mean, it would have been rather... In- interesting if she would have had a dream that she was floating through the air or that something was making her levitate oh that would be cool that would have been really cool but she didn't remember anything happening but yeah you know i think you only remember the first 10 percent of your dream within the first five minutes of waking up and if you don't repeat it right then or write it down you you tend to forget it quickly Yeah. yeah so yeah i don't remember most of my dreams so i could say the same yeah Everyone that was visiting that night left and refused to ever come back to that house ever again. Because that was creepy. Yeah. Floating 12-year-old girl. Well, after that incident, women tried contacting local churches to get some help. And all of the churches refused to come and help them. But Because of love, because of the love, because of the levitating girl... Or because of past experiences with the house. It doesn't say why they refused to come help. They just did. I'm assuming they probably didn't believe them. Okay. But they did give them some suggestions on what to do. All right, here's an idea. This is what, 2011? Yes. I don't know about you. I had a smartphone in 2011. What person... Oh, sorry, it's 2012 now. Sorry. Whatever. 2011, <laughs> 2012... What adult person doesn't have a smartphone that goes, oh, 
I'm going to record this and then I'm going to do something about this because my child is levitating and nobody's going to believe me. I'm assuming in 2012, probably not too many people had smartphones. I had a smartphone in 2012. I also did as well, but we are also making pretty good money for ourselves. I wasn't in 2012. Okay, well, I was. I was fresh out of high school in between jobs. You also saved a lot of money. That's because I knew I wanted nice things. I, that, but that's what I'm... Not everyone has that. Not everyone saves like you do. Not everyone could make the money that I do to have it. They probably didn't have that much money. Well, even then, even with a flip phone, it still takes pictures. Well, that's true. It does. But, you know, when you're in the moment, you don't think about that. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would at 2 o'clock in the morning, but I would definitely, like, someone would have had their phone on them at that point. You would think, but... I don't know. Again, though, in the moment, that's not something I would be thinking about. That's just me. Like I said, in the moment, I probably wouldn't either. I'm just like, most people have phones. Even the older technology of 2011 slash 12, maybe you still had a flip phone. Maybe you had one of those neat little slider phones where you could type on it. Oh, yeah, I remember those. They still had cameras. It might not have been a very clear picture like today's iPhones, like today's smartphones, but you still, I don't know, most people carry phones on them all the time. I would just think that someone would have gone like this and snapped a picture. I don't know. Again, I'm just going to go with in the moment you don't think about it. All right. All right. I'm trying to find a reason why there was no evidence of this. We'll get there, Taryn. <sighs> we'll get there. Either way, the churches refused to help, but they offered some suggestions on what to do over the phone. They suggested that the women clean their house with ammonia and bleach. Do you know what happens when you mix ammonia and bleach together, Taryn? A bad chemical reaction that could kill you. Yes. Very bad. So why in the world these churches would suggest cleaning the house with both ammonia and bleach? I mean, I guess I I could see bleach in, like, the kitchen on the floor and ammonia in the bathroom. Why wouldn't you just use one or the other? I Well, what if they're not sure what they're doing and they're trying to follow the instructions but then mm. read on the labels that says it shouldn't be mixed with each other, so they do it in separate rooms? All right. Okay, I could see that. Well, not only were they supposed to clean with ammonia and bleach... They were supposed to draw crosses on all the doors and windows using olive oil. Why? Oil's anointment. You anoint with oil. It's a holy thing. It's holy. Okay. I don't know. That's just what I hear. You hear, you guess. No, in the Bible. In the Bible, when you would anoint someone, it was always with oil. I can understand that. Wouldn't it be like frankincense oil or myrrh oil or... I'm not entirely sure what either one of those things are, so... Frankincense or myrrh and myrrh are both plants that you would, that you find a lot in the Bible that were actually given to Jesus. Well, you, I know that. I just didn't get, know what exactly they were. No, you can get oil. You can make oils out of them. Oh, okay. I don't I know. I have it's some just, if you want to smell it. I'm good. Okay. Maybe later. Okay. With your witchcraftery. It's not witchcraft. <laughs> She's into the oils. I love my essential oils. That'll be a different topic for a different day. I'm just going to do a whole episode on essential oils. Yes, I like that idea. And then we're going to sprinkle some witchcraft in there. Yeah, why not? All right. I like it. (laughs) Okay. So they weren't 
completely satisfied with what the church has said to do, so they also contacted two clairvoyants. Okay. They said that they felt there were over 200 demons in the house. How and why? They're clairvoyant. They know things. Well, they make up things. Well, they know things. So they suggested, because of all these demons that were plaguing their house, to build an altar. So that's what they did. They built an altar in the basement. And they also suggested them burning sage throughout the house. That is a very normal thing for people to do when they have demons or ghosts in the house is to sage it. Yeah, I was about to suggest sage for your little friend upstairs. (laughs) If that's what it is. We don't know yet. So far, he hasn't done anything too malevolent. All right. So we'll see. So while they're doing the sage, they read from the Bible Psalm 91. Now, I would read you Psalm 91, but it is very long. Okay. But if you want to look it up later, it is very, very appropriate for what's going on in their house. What's the gist of it? You know, God's going to protect you. Okay. That kind of stuff. It, it, it's just, it's very appropriate. So if you want to read it, you can pause now, get it, get into your local Bible or Bible app on your phone and look up Psalm 91 and read it. Now, the best thing to do, the clairvoyant said, was to just move out of the house. That would make a lot of sense. Extremely. You got all this crap going on? Move. Get out of there. Unfortunately, like we were saying before, they just couldn't afford to break the lease and go anywhere else. They could not afford it. They didn't make that much money. So they were stuck. Well, they tried all this stuff. They did the altar. They did the sage. They did the cleaning and the oil. None of it helped. And actually, things got worse. That's because they pissed him off. Probably. I mean, 200 demons. You're trying to get rid of all those guys? Yeah, I'd be pissed off. If I, I feel like there would be a crack in... I hate to say it, but like a crack in the void. If there's a void on like where demons come out of. Mm-hmm. Like maybe in their basement there was a door or a crack that all the demons were just coming out of. So there wasn't 200 at one time, but they're constantly flowing in and out. So maybe you got rid of some by doing all this cleaning, no, but new know. ones came in. Yeah. For example, Possible. if someone... I've heard, I don't know if it's true, that if you play with the Ouija board, that you could open up a crack or a door. Yes. It's very possible that somebody played with the Ouija board in that house, maybe in the basement or something... And didn't close out properly. Mm-hmm. So now there's this permanently open door. Or void. Or crack. Possibly. Who knows? People who lived there before just screwed them. Why do you think they left? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone began showing signs of being possessed in some way. Except for the grandmother Rosa. She claims that she was born with protection against evil. So, like, a guardian angel was always with her at all times, protecting her against evil. That's why she was never possessed. Or she was a demon and she was conducting the possession. She was the major demon. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Latoya described feeling weak and lightheaded. Her body shook and felt out of control when she was possessed. Okay, you know... I can see it. Okay. I had a little side note saying effects of ammonia and bleach. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) 
When you first said lightheaded, what was it? Lightheaded and what else? Lightheaded and weak. Yeah, pregnancy popped into my head. <laughs> pregnancy, oh man. <laughs> that would pop into your head. The children got it the worst. Oh, poor babies. Sometimes they would be seen having bulging bloodshot eyes, sinister smirks. They would speak in demonic tones and in languages that were not known to them. The daughter felt as though she was being choked all the time in that house. Her youngest son, the seven-year-old, would lock himself in the closet and talk to a boy that no one else could see. Hmm. I'm also thinking that could be a normal seven-year-old thing. He's got a... He's got you an imaginary friend. You create a friend. Yeah. It's also very common that the younger you are, the easier it is for you to see spirits. Mm, that's true. So it's possible that this friend or whatever he's seeing or talking to could be an imaginary friend. But it could also be a, a dead little boy or spirit mm-hmm. that is in that house. It's like, hey, come into this closet and talk to me. I'll keep you safe while you're in this closet. Or a demon masquerading as a little boy. Yeah, to mess with him. I mean, there's so many different options and ideas on what could be happening with the things that you're presenting. Yeah. But I'd like to think that it's just his imagination and he's just... Well, that's what I wish. But doesn't seem but likely But we're talking about else. the Gary Demon house, so... <laughs> I'm going to go with the spirit that was trying to help him out at this point. Yeah. The nine-year-old son would speak in the demonic voice about what it felt like to be killed. Some creepy stuff that probably a nine-year-old shouldn't know. I would hope not. The youngest boy was also thrown out of the bathroom by an invisible force. The uh, The daughter, the oldest, had a headboard hit her in the head so hard she had to go get stitches. I mean, they're actually, things are actually happening. They're getting hurt. See, as a mom, Mm -hmm. I would like, sayonara, I'm sorry, and I'm out. I mean, that's what I would do, too. And if they wouldn't let me break the lease for whatever reason, then I would start complaining to the homeowner about, hey, this is going on, and showing them evidence of what was happening, and then, you know, take legal action to get out of the lease. Yeah. There's, There's more options than just... Yes or no on this whole yeah, just thing. Just dealing with it, yeah. Especially in 2012. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would definitely be, um, no, this stuff is happening, and you didn't tell me anything about this stuff, so, if you know, history of the house or whatever, I, I, I wouldn't well, for my I, wouldn't I don't know there. if it's for renting, but I know for buying, you have to I don't know if history. It's for, I know you do, yeah. I don't know if you have to for renting. And technically... The history is, did anybody die in the house? That's true. All right, Taryn. <laughs> you sound like you're complaining because I'm throwing stuff back at you. No, I'm not. I'm not complaining. I like it when you do that. It's a good dynamic. It works. Ah, <laughs> uh, We said it together. Latoya finally took everyone to go see the doctor. Whole family. April 19th, 2012. They went to go see their family doctor. This guy's name, I wrote down phonetically so I knew how to say it. Dr. Jeffrey Onyuku. Onyuku. Say that ten times fast. Onyuku. 
Yeah, actually, like, writing it out onto here was like, this cannot be an actual person's name. But it is. <laughs> I looked up how to say it. Own you cute. All right. So during this visit, in his notes, he wrote things like delusional and hallucinations. So he wasn't believing this family at all. And he told Latoya that he was going to need her to get psychological evaluation before he could go any further with anything. I can't understand where he's coming at. If he doesn't oh, yeah. understand and doesn't believe, then when she's talking about all this stuff, it sounds crazy. Absolutely, it sounds crazy. I, I do. I agree with the doctor. Well, after he said that, in front of the doctor and some of the staff within the doctor's office, witnessed both boys start cursing the doctor. Demonic voices. They started growling. They were throwing a fit. It, it, got, it got bad. And then the youngest son was lifted and thrown into the wall by something invisible in front of all these people. All these people saw it. Oh, wow. At that time, both boys passed out and they would not wake up. So someone in the doctor's office called 911. Makes sense. About eight police officers showed up and a couple ambulances. I feel like that's a lot of police officers. I feel like it is too. However, depending on how... So whoever called 911, depending on how what they said, is going to depend on your response. Okay. I'd go into more detail and I'll let you know more later. But That's most fine. of the time, depending on what you say over the phone to the 911 operator is going to depend on your response on how many officers you get. Okay. Um, well, that makes sense. The more severe, the more officers. Okay, so they probably thought this was pretty severe. If eight officers showed up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only other thing I can think of is if it's during shift change. Oh, and then a whole bunch of people just kind of showed up. Then you've got oncoming and offgoing, so four okay. and four. That makes sense. I believe that. So I it just kind of depends on what time of the day was it, what was said over the... I mean, there's so many different things that would go into why so many officers would respond to that type of call. Yeah. I like the shift change. That, that I makes would, sense to me. <laughs> I would like to hear the 911 call. Yeah, that'd be cool. But I don't know. I don't... That's not something I could find, I don't think. I don't think you can get it released here. I think you have to have... I don't know what you'd have to do to get that released, but I feel like you'd have to go through some legal hoops to get that released. Probably. I don't know. Again, don't quote me. I have no clue. <coughs> I don't either. I know nothing. <laughs> well, emergency personnel took the boys to the Methodist Hospital in Gary. They woke up in the, in the hospital. The older boy seemed fine. He was lucid. He was acting normally. When the younger boy woke up, he was still, he was screaming, thrashing, thrown fits it took five adults to hold him down i can believe that really yes all right so when you have a smaller person who is strong in there it doesn't necessarily mean that they're strong but being smaller and being able to wiggle and be flexible they're they can't and having no resistance to pain and they just don't care and I'm getting through you. Most of the time it's dealing with, you know, someone who has either can't feel pain or a psychotic yeah. or something mental. But I can see maybe not for a seven year old, 
but definitely a 12 year old i can definitely see five adults easily especially if they're strong and squirmy and flexible Mm -hmm. and then you got your gloves on and your hands are sweaty and then the kids sweaty and then i could i totally understand the five adults all right it just seemed like a lot to me. It does seem like a lot, especially for a seven-year-old. Yeah. But you got to think. So they're trying not to hurt the person. Okay. Yeah. So it's one thing if I don't care if I hurt you. Fine. As an adult, I can hold you down without, you know, I might hurt you, but I can hold you down. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying not to hold hurt the kid and you're trying to restrain the kid without hurting the kid, but also trying to figure out what the, what the blank is going on, I can see having five adults. Well, because of this in- incident... Someone in the hospital called DCS. I didn't know what DCS stood for. Department of Child Services. Yes, because here it's called something else. Nope, it's DCS. It was CPS. CPS, that's what it was. It was CPS, now it's DCS. Oh, okay. I know what a CPS. (laughs) So that's not, okay. So DCS. So someone called DCS and a lady named Valerie Washington was assigned to the case. Hospital workers examined Latoya and the children they were all found healthy. They were fine. No bruising. They were healthy kids, healthy adults. A psychiatrist evaluated Latoya and found her to be of sound mind. So she wasn't crazy. Okay. According to the psychiatrist. Well, while Miss Washington was talking to the family in the hospital, the youngest boy began growling. Eyes rolled back into his head. And then he locked his hands around his brother's throat and would not let go until one of the adults pried his fingers off of him. Later on, Miss Washington and a nurse, uh, his name was Willie Lee Walker, took the boys into an exam room with Rosa, the grandmother, going with them. Once in the room, the youngest boy began to growl. And told his brother that he would kill him and that it was his time to die. Creepy. Yeah. The older boy began to headbutt his grandmother in the stomach. Which would hurt. So she grabbed the boy's hand and just started praying. So keep in mind, the adults in the room. was The, the social worker, Miss Valerie Washington, and the nurse, Willie Walker. Okay. The older boy who was holding onto his grandmother's hand got this creepy grin on his face. And then he began to walk backwards. And then he walked up the wall. And then he walked onto the ceiling. And then flipped over his grandmother and landed on his feet. All while still holding onto her hand. Creepy. And all those people witnessed it. Where's the video evidence of that? Right? That's what I want to see. It's like most hospitals <laughs> have cameras in, in a lot of areas. In the actual exam rooms, though, I feel like that's a privacy issue. Yes and no. You can have cameras in exam rooms that are turned off and only turned on for recording during, let's say you have um, someone who's on a patient watch. Okay. Okay. So now you have to watch this person for this person's safety. You turn on the camera for your safety and the patient's safety. Okay. So, like, if I'm the patient and you're watching me to make sure that I don't hurt myself, I can't go, she did A, B, and C. Well, you didn't do A, B, and C, and there's video to prove it. But there has to be certain steps before you could turn it on. Okay. Unless you're in the hallways or lobbies or 
cafeteria or one of the main areas. Okay. But that yes, you can have cameras in patient rooms. In your trauma rooms, there's cameras on while they're working on the patient. Mm-hmm. So if something were to go fatally wrong, they can go back and review it and find out what happened. Well, see, that makes sense. So I yes, understand you, that. And it's still a patient room. Once they're done, the patient's still in there for a little bit. So but, there are ways of having cameras in patient rooms. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can understand why it wasn't turned on. But still, who wouldn't want to see that? I know. I would have loved to. Well, the, the nurse and the social worker ran out of the room because that obviously freaked them out. And she had to give a report to the police and she had to write her report and all that. And the police even asked her, like, are you sure he didn't like run up the wall and then do like this acrobatic flip over his grandma? She's like, uh-uh. Now he walked and then glided up that. Like it was not running. Oh, creepy. Yeah. Oh, it, it just makes it even more creepy that these, like... It's no longer it happening was more just in the people. house. Yeah, it wasn't family members witnessing it. It was, like, people, outside people witnessing this happening. Like, just, oh, man, it's creepy. So at that point, there's no reason to move because it's not leaving you. No, no, it's not. It's sticking with them. And, and the social worker even said that she believed there was an evil presence affecting the family. Like, she believed it. After she saw that crap, I would too. <laughs> but, unfortunately, DCS determined that the children were experiencing spiritual and emotional distress. And they got taken away. Which is super sad. And, not only did they get taken away, but they determined this on the youngest son's birthday. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it was his eighth birthday, and they were, you know, going to go home, give him a little party. But, you know, she I came don't... in and said, sorry, you're not going home with him. I don't know that much about DCS. I know what DCS is. Yeah. I know why they're there. I know, a, like, a decent amount about DCS. I don't know what steps have to be taken to have the child removed or children removed. Yeah. I know that... It is based around the child's physical and mental health. Yeah. Most and of the time I don't see spiritual. I, I, it could be spiritual. I don't necessarily think that they would work with the spiritual stuff because a lot of people try to stay out of the whole religious yeah. aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I could see them wanting to take away for the mental health, but at the same time, if you deem them that the mom is not crazy and the mom's not doing anything in there and good physical health it's just something's going on yeah. i see it kind of hard for again i don't know anything about dcs but i see it being dif- like i don't see enough proof for them to take away the kids i don't either but i mean with the crazy stuff that she saw i mean you're gonna want to get the kids out of that environment definitely and maybe that's where she was going off of that they need to leave yeah. i just don't see like the way that you phrased it yes maybe that's the way you phrased it i don't know no, that, I mean, I took that straight out of the article that I read. So okay. that's how they phrased it. I'm just saying, <laughs> it, it seems like, I feel like I would be more on, I don't know. I guess I don't know where I'm going at with this. Right, that's fine. Um, that is essentially where my research has stopped. But I do know a little bit more about what happened. There was a reverend who got involved, uh, did an exorcism on Latoya, determined that there were demons and possibly ghosts in the house, and he did everything he could to help. Legally, obviously, that didn't do much. 
the way that she was able to get her children back, because she did get her children back. Good. Uh, they had to leave the house. Oh, yeah. And they could not talk about religion or spiritual things with their children. Because what they were thinking, because they were very, very religious, the, the mother Rosa and Latoya were a very religious family, and were possibly projecting their feelings of demonic entities on the children. So they, in order to get attention, were acting like demons were in them. That's what the courts were thinking. Okay. But no. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it was a stretch for them. A very big stretch. Yeah. I feel like, yes, kids are impressionable. Mm-hmm. I get it. If you play on your phone all the time and you're constantly on your phone, breakfast, lunch, dinner, at work all the time, your kid is eventually going to be on their phone all the time. Yeah. You can't get mad at them for being on their phone because you're always on yours. Yeah. So I understand. Yeah. And that's just one example of kids being extremely impressionable. But being religious and having a demon be attached to you, I feel like are two completely different things. Yeah. I feel like it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Because of all the praying that grandma did. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the praying probably did help. Not as much as they wanted it to. I, I think but the bleach and the ammonia and the sage that and probably the didn't oil help. and some of the other stuff probably made everything really mad. Yeah, that probably made things worse. But, I mean, they were doing everything they could. I They think they were being good you know, she was being a good mother and she was being a good grandmother and they were doing everything they could to help. It just wasn't enough. Sounds like that house needs to be destroyed. That house is destroyed. Well, that's good. Uh, do you know who Zach Baggins is? No. He is a ghost hunter who has his own reality ghost hunting show. Is it on Netflix? I don't know. Then I probably won't see it. Okay. Well, if you look up Zach Baggins, I'm sure you'll, we'll fi- you'll find it. He actually buys up a lot of haunted things. So he bought that house, um, tore it down, but he took the staircase from the basement and now it's in a, his museum. He has a museum of haunted things. So it's in his museum, but that house is no longer there. It is leveled. It's gone. So you can't see it anymore. A little upsetting. Kind of want to go through Gary just to see the house, but I can't because Zach Baggins tore it down. Let's say back to what we were talking about earlier. There was a door or a crack. Yeah. I don't Possibly. think if that was possible, if that happens, yeah, seems the only logical reason for having that many. Yeah. If that even was a real number. But I feel like just destroying the house wouldn't get rid of the crack or the door. I don't think so. Now, at the, at the moment, I think it's just an empty lot. I don't think there's anything on there right now. I'd be like, I would like to see that if something was built mm-hmm. on there, if they'd have the same type of experiences. Yeah. I would like to know that as well. I feel like someone non-religious who doesn't know anything about it was going to be the one that finds out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it, that, that would be rather hard to find someone who didn't know about that house. It was a big deal. I didn't know about that house. Well, you're from Nevada. I understand that. But people, <laughs> yes, I'm weird. I'm one of the few ones that moved into Indiana. No one does that. I know. 
I can't say that because I did that. <laughs> I may have been really young, but I did it. Yeah. So you were kind of forced to. I kind of chose to. Yeah. Still. Yours is worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only person who moves into Indiana. No, you're not. People do it probably more often than we think. Yeah. They might not stay. I don't know. Indiana's a weird state. <laughs> but I could see someone from a different state who moves here to be closer to family or friends or yada yada and mm-hmm. sees this lot that's for sale that's, you know, not that expensive because mm-hmm. it's all the stuff that happens. And, oh, I'm going to put a coffee shop here. Hmm. Yeah. It's an odd place to put a coffee I shop. Just, but... I'm throwing out a random... <laughs> I'm going to build a hotel here. Still an or, odd place for a hotel. <laughs> I'm going to build a house here. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, oh, this cheap lot. I could build something cheap here. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's happening all over again. Yeah. If there's truly a tear or a door and it wasn't closed properly. Yeah. And I have no clue how to close a door properly if there's even a such thing as a door. And I'm sure there are people out here who know how to close a supernatural door. So they need to go to Gary and check that out and close it. Probably. And it, that someone may have actually done that already. I haven't watched it, but there's a couple of different specials on the Gary Demon House. Zach Baggins did one. There's a couple more. They're on YouTube. I haven't watched them. So I don't know what they do within that. But maybe he brought someone in to try to close the door. I don't know, though. I know there was a priest involved. There was a priest involved earlier, hence the pneumonia. And... Yeah, those were just church people. I don't think that was a priest. Either way, I don't know. But it, yeah, if you want to learn more about the Gary Demon House, there's plenty of stuff out there, especially on YouTube. Tyler sent me like seven or eight different YouTube videos between yesterday and today, which I didn't have any time to watch before this you, podcast. That's because you'll tell him what we're going to talk about, but you won't tell me what we're going to talk about. Oh well, yeah, he's not involved in it, and I want you to be surprised. I think you just like watching my face when you first bring up the topic. I do. I really do. There are some times that I would tell you what we're talking about beforehand. Like Devil's Hollow. You knew about that beforehand. Yeah, but it was also what, like our second or third episode? It was our first. (laughs) Yeah. Technically. Technically. You know I don't mind. I'm just picking up. I know. (laughs) But yeah, so there's there's tons of stuff on the Gary Demon House. If you want to do your own research on it, go right ahead. It's, It's... It's very interesting and creepy, and the whole kid walking up the wall gave me goosebumps. I still want to see pictures. I would love to see that, too. Videos. If only. You know what? Why doesn't someone in Hollywood make a creepy, scary Halloween movie out of this? Oh, they're going to, actually. Based on a true story. They're going to. Yay. I know. (laughs) But I probably won't watch it because I don't like scary movies. See, I was just about to ask if you'd watched any of those, like The Haunting in Connecticut. No. Or um, The Last House on the Left or some of those other ones. Mm -hmm. I used to watch all of those. I don't watch scary movies. I don't like them. I'm weird. I like talking about the real scary stuff, the stuff that actually happened. Yeah, I'm talking about the movies that were based off of the true story. I mean, I I know of these movies. The only reason I know of these movies is because I know the true story. So then it's like, okay, well, I know the true story. The The movie story is not going to be as good. And they're just going to try to scare me. So I don't want to watch it. I feel like we need to have a podcast on movie versus fact. 
weeks. We are going to do that, Taryn. Yes. You need to let me know so I can do some research on my own. And You're going to watch the movie. Probably. <laughs> All right. I'm going to come over here and I'm going to give you my son. And then I'm going to go back home and I'm going to watch the movie. You don't want to watch the movie with him? No. You kidding me? He won't get out of my bed. Oh, That's I, cool. I love him, but he is not old enough. All right. I'm going to need you to watch The Conjuring. Seen it. Twice. Did you see The Conjuring 2? Seen it. Is there a new one coming out? Not that I know of. Oh, okay. Well, both of those movies are based on true events. Yes. So the first time I watched The Conjuring, Mm -hmm. my parents were out of town. Obviously, we talked about this in the past where my house is... Haunted. The the house I grew up in is, is, is haunted. Oh, yeah. So my kid sister, she's not related to me, but she was a freshman the year after I graduated. We... I kind of took her underneath my wing, and she kind of became my little sister. Mm-hmm. Well, she was having problems with her um, adopted family slash whatever environment she was in at the time, so she decided to spend a week with me because my parents were out of town. It was just me at the house by myself. And we decided that we were going to go see The Conjuring. Mm. Well, we were going to go see a movie. We didn't know what movie we were going to see. It was an 11 o'clock showing, and it was of The Conjuring. Oh, no. So we watched this 11 o'clock showing of The Conjuring. Then we drove the 45 minutes Mm -hmm. from the movie theater to my house talking about all the stuff that happened. Along with that, like that last creepy drive that I told you about that kind of looks like the hills, the eyes have hills. Yeah. Finally get to my house and there is this creepy, eerie feeling throughout the entire house. It's because you're now more aware of it. Yeah. So guess what we did? What? The two of us went into my room. With four different dogs. Don't tell me you had a Ouija board. No, hell no. Okay. I never allowed that in okay. my house. <laughs> my brother tried to bring one in once. I'm like, uh, uh not get happening. Get it out. So the two of us locked each locked ourselves into my bedroom along with three, I can't remember if it was three to five dogs because we had a rescue, so we didn't anywhere between seven and 30 at the given time. I forgot how many were in the house. But at least three to five of them were in my room with us. We, I already had a cross in my room. We hung up a couple others. And we padlocked the door. Like, we didn't padlock it, but we, we made sure there was no way to possibly open that. And then we tried to get some rest. Uh-uh. <laughs> I couldn't. Not after that. I haven't even seen the movie, and I know I wouldn't sleep. Yeah. I, I don't know what time we eventually fell asleep. I think the sun was coming up when we finally fell asleep. But, oh. yeah, it was a creepy night, especially with... That, that eerie feeling when you first walked in. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't. I still get to this day. can't shake that feeling. Um, luckily, there's been some not new owners, but some renovations done to my parents' old house that I used to live in. The new people that live there, family slash family friends of mine, cleaned everything out, organized everything, redid the floors, walls, painted um cleaned up a lot and not saying that it was messy but they did a lot of home renovation on the house late at night one two three o'clock in the morning you might get that a hint of that feeling and i don't know if it's just because i'm visiting and i just i'm aware of it but 
my husband hasn't felt anything in that house and we've gone both back multiple times to visit and stay in that house all the time. I think you're more sensitive than, than he is anyways. Possibly, but I also grew up there. And so if there's something that's still there, it's like, it recognizes me. Yeah. Oh, that could be too. But I have noticed with a lot of the renovation, it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be. Mm. I love how you roll your eyes and shake your head no at the same time. It's not wrong. I wasn't rolling my eyes. It was a, I I don't want to think about it. That's fine. I need a palate cleanser, Taryn. You got a palate cleanser for me? A palate cleanser. A dad joke. Uh, I do. Did you see the one that I sent you? Of course I did. And I laughed a lot. Okay. So you can't use that one. But they haven't heard that one. All right, fine. You can use it, but you're not going to hear me giggle as hard. So I found this meme on Facebook, and it made me giggle, which is why I sent it to Heather. It's a picture of a cow with his mouth wide open, and he looks like he's kind of smiling. Know why cows have hooves instead of feet? Why? Because they're lactose. Because they lactose. Oh, because they lactose. (laughs) Oh, it's him laughing. I get it. Because they lactose. Lactose, yeah. Okay. See, you said you were going to giggle. You more giggled at me, though. I know. <laughs> Let me see if I can find another one real quick. <laughs> no, that's okay. You don't have to. No, I want to. All right. Well, while she's looking. Do you have any? No, I don't. Okay. While she's looking, you can get a hold of me or Taryn. If you want to talk to Taryn, I'll go right ahead and forward the messages on to her. We are on Facebook Instagram, Twitter at Fort Weird Pod. You can email me at Heather at FortWeirdPodcast.com. Our website is FortWeirdPodcast.com. I remember saying last week I haven't figured out the website very much. I still haven't, but it's up there and you can listen to our, you know, our previous episodes and this one. If you've listened to it this far, I mean, you know where to find us. But tell your friends, tell your friends about us. I, you know, always enjoy more listeners. We've gotten over 200 downloads. Hey. Hey. Ah, it's pretty exciting. But yeah, if you enjoy it, let your friends know. Pass us along. If you've got, if you are like friends of a paranormal group on podcast, share us on there. You know, just get the word out. Please. Please. It just helps us out a lot. And I like I like sharing the weirdness. This is fun for me. Because I'm a weird person. My husband doesn't like it. He tells me to shut up all the time because he doesn't want to hear it. He just doesn't He just doesn't like the paranormal and the supernatural stuff. It just it scares him. He's had things happen to him and he doesn't like it. I can understand that. He, I, I want things to happen to me. I, I accept. I accept it. It is what it is. I know. Some people take it differently than other people. He's got friends out on the railroad that that have stories, and he never wants to hear them. He doesn't want to hear the stories. I'm like, dude, tell him to talk. Give him my number. Have them record it. Ah, yeah. And then send it to you in a message. Yes. I would love that. That would be cool. So if you are friends with my husband, Tyler, on the railroad, send me your stories. I love hearing stories of all your weird supernatural stuff did you find one taryn i found several all right just pick one how does a penguin build a house how 
it glues it together. <laughs> I get it. It glues. <laughs> That's good. I like that one. All right. Thanks for joining us again. If you have any, if you have anything you want to say to us, let me know. I'll pass it along to Taryn. Right, say bye, Taryn. Bye, guys. Bye. The existence of this.